Welcome to the basement. Welcome Chill. to the basement. What up, though? Yo, growing up, I only ever had two constants in my life. My granddad's basement and my granddad's basement. There's some you can ride to, some you can vibe to, some you can chill to, some you can smoke to, some, some that'll make you think, to. some that'll make you feel good. Yeah, I, I'm just a dude from a trailer park trying to figure out the universe. How deep you want to go? 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 What is good, everybody? Welcome to the basement. I'm kicking it, feeling good on a Monday. Just had a new niece. Fresh out the womb, breathing her first breaths. Uh, I believe with COVID-19 restrictions, uncles will not be allowed in the maternity ward. So looking forward to to head it up, uh, meet my new niece here in the next few days whenever my sister gets discharged from the hospital. Also had, a, had one of the homies just had a, a baby yesterday as well. His wife, she was set to set to induce. In a f- couple of weeks, like two, another two weeks. I think it was like the first week of May, maybe like the, the 30th of April or something like that. Some Somewhere in there. Maybe it was supposed to be a Cinco de Mayo baby. But yeah, a baby boy came just a, just a couple of weeks early to greet us. And my sister came right about on time. She was, yeah, I think, yeah, the she got induced today. So that one, that one was fully cooked and good to go. I think back about my kids when they were born. The first one, Big G, he came three weeks early, three and a half weeks early. My wife was, Mrs. Rain was one day away from being full term when uh, when he was born. So he's considered a premature, premature baby. It's funny, but he was he was full size, 10 fingers, 10 toes. Everything was was formed. He was good to go. But he came a few weeks early to to spend Father's Day with me. So he was born on Saturday. And then Father's Day, when he was one day old, me and him just, we kicked it. So he was, he couldn't wait any longer. He was sick of dad having, uh, having not celebrating Father's Day with his pop and said, hey, I'm going to go kick it with my pop for Father's Day this year. So he, he came through, uh, came through a little bit early. So, and he's definitely been one of my, my life's biggest mentors so far to date, uh, really teaching me a lot about myself and, and just, parenting and reparenting myself and and doing things in a certain way to the to the best of my abilities just as I re relearn life through a child's eyes I guess that's you know one thing parenthood puts in you you just look at things just a, a little bit differently but but anyways uh yeah and my second baby he came uh baby G he came uh he came right on time as well but yeah I got a couple new couple of new uh new little niece and then the homie Alex, he's he's tight. We we spend a lot of time together. He's he's like a pretty pretty good friend, you know. Uh, so to see his little uh, Mateo, so I'm gonna guess boy. I think they didn't let the the cat out of the bag if they were having a boy or a girl. But Mateo, I think it's a boy. And then my sister had a had a baby girl. So just quick little updates, things going on over the last uh, over the last few weeks i've been became a damn certified dryer technician uh and this goes back like from a young age i got kind of reconnected with my dad right before i was turning 14 so i was so almost 14 christmas 1998 
my birthday's in February. So I was just a few months away from being, being uh, 14. But my pop is a real, like, Mr. Fix-It. He's like a super handyman. And then, like, beyond that, my stepdad, he's a bricklayer. He's a mason. So I grew up on construction sites. And then my dad is just super handy, knows how to do a lot of things. So I was going to just people's houses, doing little handyman jobs, tile, tiling bathrooms, you know, kitchen tile, stuff like that. And then did some large-scale projects, one with my dad and one with my stepdad as well. We put on massive additions on to homes. I mean, electrical, plumbing, uh, underground, just everything, foundation work, like everything. Basement, one of them was a basement, all the way up to, to the roof from ground up, pretty much built. It was two massive additions is what it was, but that both these additions on these houses were the size of the size of the house. We doubled the size. The my stepdad's house, our house in Eau Claire. Whew, we might have tripled the size of that house. It was just an itty bitty old, you know, old Southside Wisconsin, Southside Eau Claire house, and uh, we totally renovated that the guts of that just blew it out put just a huge huge addition on then my dad i think we probably doubled the size of the house put on a massive kitchen and master suite in its entirety um damn i gotta take this call pause all right that was that was ridiculous uh what i was I was getting at uh, building stuff, building houses, uh, just hands-on projects. Uh, I was always kind of around men, like handymen, and people with the ability to to fix stuff. Even like my uh, my my mom's first husband. I don't. I mean, I was pretty little, but he was like a, a painter, just carpenter type, just real worked with his hands. I remember being he like he worked on a crew that was painting this uh, apartment complex, and I, I remember going to visit my ma's husband at the time and uh on the job site and he was just covered in, in paint and just just guys painting so I, as far as i know he, i don't know if he's a painter i remember like overall like full-blown like carpenter like handyman type and then my ma's second husband like he built a deck like i remember watching him build a deck and i'm like seven eight and i'm just in the trailer looking out he put the deck on this trailer and postscript fast forward like 25 years i rode by that same trailer and that deck was still there same deck same trailer like for sure i was like damn that's the deck i watched it being built from from first cut from first cut they brought the lumber up and first i was like dang that's how you build a deck and i mean it's basically just a it's a wood frame and they did a really, he like did a really good job. And it was, I mean, it's still a stand, it's probably still standing today. And it's another five, six, seven years after I rolled by there a little bit ago, uh, a few years back. Anyways, I was always just kind of subject to, to handyman work and, and blue collar type stuff. And then moving with my dad and we were responsible for kind of all the, the basic auto maintenance, change your spark plugs, change your oil, uh, change your tranny fluid, uh, flush your brakes out, do your brakes if you can. Once it's getting up to like do your brakes, I start, I start pulling out the, uh, pulling out the wallet and paying for that. But like starter, alternator, uh, water pump, depending on its location. That's the reason I've always driven Fords because I've always done, that's the type of stuff that's going to break down on a car. You keep a car, 
I mean, it depends how long you keep a car and how rough you are in a car. But if you're planning on, you know, having it for a while, a lot of people aren't in a position to get a new car every three, four or five years. And, you know, there's some things that need to be done to maintain that car outside of just exterior, taking care of the paint and getting it washed and, and, and getting, you know, brakes done and an interior clean, making it sure it keep it vacuumed and change out the air filter like there's there's all there's actually a lot of stuff and you'd be surprised how not complicated it actually is if, with just a little bit if you have a tiny bit of competency eye hand coordination working with basic hand tools is, is is pretty simple you know for me i've also again i've gone just real back throughout my uh pause Man, my f- bro, man's phone's blowing up. I was trying to just kind of sneak away for just a quick hot minute, drop a podcast real quick, and you know, we still got business to attend to. I'm not really off the clock, but that one, uh, that was a call and hang up. That one I didn't even get. The first call, first call was fuckery. I'm gonna have to figure something out um, for that one, and I'm, I'll be able to have it handled. It's not that big of a deal, but I just need to get uh, some doors open for some people and just people acting silly. But anyways, what I was talking about was uh just hands-on stuff basic hand use of tools i just and then moved in with my pop just after you know kind of always being around men working moved in with my pop responsible for our own vehicle maintenance and then into the air force where i became an aircraft mechanic and doing real high level mechanics so being around my whole life and then partaking in uh just mechanical type stuff just just working on stuff fixing things uh, working on stuff, uh, rolled into just black belt level, uh, United States military air force airframes, just, just fixing stuff. And that's, you get into that's, that's big league high level mechanics. Like you just really learn how to work with your hands, manipulate, uh, to manipulate hardware. At the end of the day, a lot of things come down to, it's just, like literally nuts and bolts putting together and you think about a component in a car your starter goes out you got to pull off two wires uh you know two three four i don't know every car is going to be a little bit different uh mount bolts swap out the starter put the mount bolts back in put the two wires back on and it's done and you're talking about something like a uh, like a wide open Ford V8 engine, whether it's a Ford Bronco or a Grand Marquis or Crown Victoria or something like that, you're going to have room to to do all that. So I always have done all that. So I, what I was getting at recently, becoming a damn dryer technician, let me rewind a little bit from that. My wife and I, we bought our house about a year into the house, the microwave goes out. Okay, so I pull out uh, first of all, I look up the cost of a new microwave and that particular microwave that's built into the like, the cabinetry of the house. It's a $2,000 microwave. Fuck, right? Like, for real? They, they make microwaves that expensive? Yeah, sure enough. Sure enough, they do. It's, it's ridiculous and preposterous because it doesn't do anything any more spectacular than any other microwave I've ever used. Uh, correction, it does because it doubles up as a convection oven. Uh, I don't quite know how that works. I think it's the same way an air fryer works. It's just a convection oven, but we got an air fryer anyways. And I think it's been used as an oven like one or two times by other people. We don't really fuck with the microwave use as an oven. It's an interesting piece of unused equipment of this house because we use pretty much all the shit that we have here. Anyways, I'll pull out the schematic for it. 
And I'm like, okay, uh, should be this part. And then read some online diagnosis and, and all of that and find out, okay, it's this part, change out that part. Uh, you know, real basic, only ordered one of them. Uh, bam, it was a fuse blown. Yep, fuse was blown, but the fuse was blown. So I got one fuse, replaced it, microwave works, and like one time and, and blows the fuse again. Like, ah, oh, damn it, something's blowing the fuse. And then come to find out it's, uh, eyes are going to glaze over. It's called a diode. It makes sure electrical continuity through a circuit only goes in one direction. If a diode blows out, it's going to send it in the wrong direction. And that's what happened. And that the back direction of the electrical flow is what blew out the fuse. Fuse shouldn't have had that much of a power coming to it from, from the wrong end. So replace the fuse and the diode. The second time microwave's been working like a champ. So bang. All right. That one's in the dust. Now, as of late, the damn dryer been breaking and that's just been just a motherfucker, man. It's been the bane of my existence. We got two young kids. We're going through clothes like and I, I'm coming. I got my business attire and then, I, you know, I come home, and put on something, a little slip into a little something more comfortable to wind the night out and then end up like taking a shower before bed. So then throw on another T-shirt. So that was, you know, three, maybe four shirts. I've had over just shirts that I had on that day, probably a pair of shorts and a pair of pants, two pair of socks. Like I may or may not be wearing drawers that day, but that's like, that's where I go with it. And so it's, that's just me, me, myself. So imagine how many clothes rack up a week and the toddlers times that by two, they're going running through twice as many clothes as me. And then Mrs. Rain, uh, she works from the crib. So she sometimes dump shower for like three, four five days in a row and uh, just kind of does her makeup up and sits on in front of a screen. Uh, of course I'm talking shit, but uh, she goes through, She's probably the least amount of clothes of everybody, but just due to the fact she does work at home. Uh, but she takes her little walk every day. Like she woke up wearing one set of T-shirts, put on her afternoon walking clothes, just walked like, you know, two miles around the neighborhood and shit, comes back all sweaty. Like she, she's going to change out of that and then probably take a shower later and put on some more clothes any like as well. So like to not have a dryer in the house, just that's, that's a whole lot to say. God damn. Like, it's just clothes just piling up, piling up, piling up. So now, uh, so the dryer goes out. I fix it. Okay, goes out again. Well, that shouldn't have happened because I just fixed, like, the main heating element. Okay, well, there's a portion of the main heating element called the high limit thermostat. So if the temperature gets too high, it just cuts off the heat. It will not allow a fire to start. It's the third fail-safe uh, in the, in the circuit and then bam. So it blows like, okay, well that shouldn't have happened. So let me explore as to why figure out why kind of clear, clean the whole dryer inside and out. Um, man, clean the, the vent ducting up there. Bam. Still blows the circuit. Okay. Well, fuck. So now I'm on, it's my, that was the initial problem, right? But I've changed the, I changed the whole big heating element the first time. The second time blows the fuse. Third time blows the fuse. So now I'm on like fuse four. I'm like, motherfucker. So I put that one in and it's not blowing it, but the dryer's just getting, it's getting hot, so hot. Uh, I'm like, okay, well, that should be 
blowing if it's getting that hot. Um, man, fucked around, accidentally bumped into a dryer repair guy out around town. He's like, man, go up on your roof, check the top of the vent. Now, this is over six weeks, and this is just today I happened to bump into this guy. Check the top of your vent. It might be clogged at the very, very top. I know you cleaned it out from the bottom, but at the very top, just go look. It's worth looking. So I go up there today, and sure as shit, like the vent duct, it's pulled away. It's really hard to explain without a picture, but think of your dryer vent. It goes into the wall right behind your dryer or a dryer. If you're if, if you don't have your own dryer, if you look behind a dryer, it vents out like there's a lot of air coming out of a dryer. It vents out. So it vents outside of the house, but up to the roof when the dryer's on the first floor. So I go up to the vent spot and I see where the air is coming out and the vent that takes it the dryer where the dryer hooks into the wall there's a duct inside the wall then that goes outside well it's detached from the outside vent so it's pushed in off the wall of the house just kind of dangling in there and it's clogged uh kind of half with lint and then mostly with house insulation because it's pushed into like the house insulation so that was probably the problem the whole time it went through like a whole heating element, which needed to be changed anyways. That was, it was, it was filthy, dirty, like hot and overheating and burning. That dryer was actually a motherfucking fire hazard with all the lint that had built up in there. So I'm actually glad I got to get in there and at a minimum clean it all out. So, and then change thermostats. It, it didn't seem like I needed it. It should have been overheating. So I changed. I ordered a motherboard too. that motherboard. That one was like only sending a super hot signal. And it, but that super hot signal wasn't blowing the high limit thermostat. And it come. I don't know. It was all everything was bad. Everything was fucked up for the last few weeks with the dryer. But it seems like it finally got that like under control. The dryer is actively on a low heat tumble dry right now. So all is well, all is well with that. But I think they're like, I had a couple people like, well, do you need to get a dryer repair person out there? And I just, I look at people a little sideways sometime and it's, it does offend me. It kind of offends me because they're not more qualified than I am to read a schematic. Like I read the schematic, like these are the parts in the circuit. All right. This is the way it's outlined. It can be this or this. And then when I find out like the motherboard is obsolete, I get a used one on eBay and it's fucked up. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to take another hundred dollar gamble on another used motherboard. They're going to get to a certain point where they, they all fuck up. I mean, it's an electronic piece of equipment. And if this one isn't operating well, oh, I mean, that means new dryer. That's what sends all the signals out. So if the signal that's being sent out is what's too hot then that's what's blowing the circuit then the whole it's ob, it's obsolete so the whole piece of equipment needs to be replaced if i can't get a newer working motherboard turns out it's not the motherboard there's a couple other things going around but to like no i don't i just happened to bump into a dryer tech and gave me a great tip he gave me a great tip and i was thinking check the roof but i don't know i, I don't know if i would have gone up there I, I i thought about it but i was like no my vents like i knew how my vents were i didn't have the type of cage that's on top of certain vents, but it, but it ends up, turns out it was kind of, it was pulled off the house and to fix that's a whole, whole other thing for now the dryer's working, but think back on, uh, just the life of, of working with my hands and being involved in that type of work. It is really nice to be able to be a certain level of handy just to save 
I don't know. It saves how like I do my own yard work, my own lawn care. I do as much work on my vehicles as I possibly can. Um, you know, and it's clean. I do the cleaning of the crib. You don't hire hire out as little as possible when it comes to like cutting huge trees. Yeah, I need somebody with the proper equipment to come do that. If it comes to like reflooring a house or even shampooing the carpet or deep cleaning the tile, like those things I got to hire out. It's not really you don't need all that equipment. Like, yes, in the long run, I could get maybe some specific steam cleaning equipment that, but where are you going to store it? All right, I don't got anywhere to store it. I know what I think about hiring out somebody to redo the floors. Like that's, that's one I would hire out. I'm not, you know, all the cuts and angles it just it depends. And, and I like the level of handiness that, that I can provide. Cause it, you know, it saves us, saves us a good amount of money. So that's actually stuff my dad just instilled in me. And then there's alternate perspective as well. Like, well, couldn't you hire that out, right? Let's say you're going to get new floors for your house. It's going to cost, or, or let's say you're going to clean and shampoo the floors to your house. You're going to do it yourself. And I don't do that. I, I hire that out. But let's say you're going to do it yourself. You have the equipment. I uh, think, you, or you're going to buy the equipment and keep it. And you're going to do this for your house every couple of years. The alternate way of thinking is, well, what if you hire it out? And yes, it costs, it takes this person, you know, let's say three hours to do it, cost you, you know, $300. But in that three hours of time, couldn't you have made $3,000 or, or or maybe $30,000 if you hit a certain, you know, hit a certain real estate uh, uh, way it goes, you end up with getting double commission sometimes, or maybe you get a bonus on a new build or something. Is that more worth the time? So it's just a, the flip side of, of everything. And and my perspective personally is, well, do it. I want to save the money, but just financially, I was, I don't know. I have, I don't want to get into my perspective on finances. That's probably just, that's a podcast in and of itself. And I'm just sitting here like a psychopath shooting the shit, uh, getting a little therapy session in, but my perspective is, uh, save, you know, save on that, gain the skill, but also instill the discipline in your kids, you know? And if the, you know, my kids get to a point where I'm, I'm, ideally I'd like to just have them making substantial money at an earlier age, uh, than, than their peers. And that way they can get to, you know, I still want to instill in some value of skills and have some skills, but if you make the money, hire it out and you can utilize just different skill sets a different way. The way my skill set set in is to do, just do things with my hands, just abuse my body, uh, get things done. And I, that's just a certain level of discipline to an extent. Like my dad tried to do, I'm going to take that to the next level. And then, you know, see where it goes. I don't know. It's a, the, the parenting road's a, a long road to walk. So maybe I'll do a podcast about my finances and then I would keep canceling with Guy. Guy was supposed to come back on if you've been a long listener of the podcast. My boy Guy Welsh, trying to get him on the last couple of weeks. We haven't canceled two weeks in a row at this point. It sucks. He was actually 
the before the pandemic hit in March 2020. He was, was supposed to be my guest on Friday, March 13th, and I had to cancel that. Just uh, not even just in because everything was like we're gonna lock down. Everything's gonna lock down. I was like, shit. If they're gonna lock things down, I actually need to need to go to the grocery store like and and get some sustenance for this family in the house because we had uh, we had ran low. I try to wait till the 15th. Is the fifteenth? Is uh, they got military and veteran appreciation day at Safeway, ten percent off. Don't forget about it. So I go to the fifteenth. So it was Friday the thirteenth. It's like, damn guy, we're not going to be able to get this podcast in. And two weeks ago, he misscheduled. Last week, I misscheduled. And then I don't know, hopefully we can get it this week. But we want, I want to get to uh, just talking about parenting, being being a parent. Him and I have been a dad like the same amount of time, and we had different influences growing up. But he ended up, uh, you know. Drafted by the Seattle Mariners, Major League Baseball team. So I want, I'd like to you know pick his brain of how he's attacking parenting. You know the things that are instilled in him from his upbringing led him to become a professional athlete, uh, which ended you know to an extent tragically. You know a very severe bone break and career career ended. So he's doing uh, bigger and better things or. or big and different things with, with his life and his voice and, and really, uh, really kicking ass at it. So I want to talk about dad stuff with him, but as I just, uh, yeah, sit, sit there, contemplate, let you guys know what I'm going to bring you. Let me, uh, I'm gonna start getting up out of here. I do. I know I haven't brought up the owls. I know in the past I brought up the hawks. And so let me, let me recap for everybody. So when we bought this house, we had red tail hawks in the yard. And that was cool seeing little baby hawks like, oh, damn, this is, you know, my first house, you know, and we're back in the, you know, desert southwest climate. This isn't shit that happens in Minnesota. And all of a sudden we just had a hawk's nest in the yard. And bam, next year, red tail hawks didn't make it back, but Cooper's hawks did. Hawks only nest for for uh, for one year. So Cooper's hawks come in and we get to see that whole life cycle. And then this year, the Cooper's Hawks came back. And I think I mentioned it a little bit on the podcast. Something was up with the owls and a little back and forth. And I just remember this one specific day, like the owls, it must have been owl mating season, right? So owls mate for life. And the the hoo-hooing was insane every single night for hours on end from from dusk until dawn literally these owls hooting waking me up uh, out of a, a nice nice soft slumber and just hooing all night so I, I think that was mating season owls mate for life I think they found each other uh, and then what I come to find out later they also nest for life so I presumably have these owls in uh, like in my yard now forever in this little itty bitty hawk's nest. So what had happened was the hawks the, uh, got kicked out. The owls took over their habitat. And the only thing that hunts hawks in this area are owls. And there's no real natural predator for owls. They, you know, sometimes you know, a raccoon will find their way into their nest. Or I saw a video where uh, some type of hawk ended up in the nest with the owl, and it was a pretty intense face-off. And I think a couple of them got got talented up, but I don't ever know really what comes of that. And I don't know. I think cats will go for birds, so I'm sure bobcats will go for an owl every now and then. But as far as like natural predators in the Sonoran Desert, owls are they're at the top of their respected portion of the food chain. Doing and 
I had a had a bird head on top of one of my cars. The car I'm selling is parked out in in the street right now, but it was parked under this tree. Had a nice little reminder of, of nature there. But the biggest reminder of nature is I had hawks, and Mama Hawk was nesting very clearly nesting. And hawks in the day, they're gorgeous flying around. Their flight pattern, the way they fly and swoop down, and you can actively watch them hunt and eat, and it's it's beautiful. It's very regal the way. Uh, hawks and I came real accustomed and really enjoyed the hawks and the hawks nest that was on top of this tree. And then when the owls moved in and were hoot hooing and come to find out they took over the nest, so I, you know, they kicked out the hawks. I'm sure they ate the eggs, had them some nice little meals. Uh, by golly, uh, at first I was I was really really sad because I was like, well, you, know, you look up kind of whatever bullshit website you want to read bullshit on but like what does it mean when hawks present themselves to you and it's like oh bright times happiness you know goodness ahead good things affront you know you're living a life of prosperity like all things are well hawks have presented themselves to you and it's like what does it mean when uh, owls are presented to you death it's like well what happens when two owls are presented to you then because i got i got mama and a papa and they, i don't know they they sure did come in and cause some fucking death so that was just some weird thoughts to internalize for a minute but that shit would have happened if humans weren't here anyways it's all all just nature and we're we are a part of nature we just built up some really strong structures to protect us from from a lot of the elements out there humans went from the middle middle low end low middle end of the food chain to the top by being able to embrace fire and and work with tools and eventually build structures to keep cats and fucking bears out and who knows there was like i guess there was this type of eagle back in the day that was big enough that was a human hunter too you know look out imagine shit war from above just coming down big ass bird coming up pterodactyl ass shit swooping up your kid out of the backyard like what the fuck like that shit that shit's wild anyways the owls then took over my fucking tree and it's uh it's a i'm used to the sound now it's real beautiful the 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 melody uh not even the melody the uh just the tones and frequencies that the hoots hit just the the sound of it and uh like the vibrato coming through uh, the way it vibrates on my ears and actually get to to hear it if you're if I'm fortunate enough to be outside when they're hoo-hoo and they're kind of they're kind of skittish so at the at the first sight of movement they'll kind of fly off if like mama's pretty much stays in the nest and papa's out doing a lot of hunting but it's uh so it's not as cool to see it's dark out the tree you know it's like a, a full tree a mesquite tree so there's you know everything's in bloom at this point of the year it's not a bare tree anymore so you can't see up on top of there i'm thinking about getting a trail cam but that would just like like it's it's so high up in the tree i just can't there's no really really good to put it but you know i just hadn't mentioned that like my hawks got kicked out now i got owls and i don't know like i love having the the predatory birds in the yard they take care of the mice and the pack rats um i think you know between the owls and the hawks and the the shitty part is the hawks they're pretty much they're gone out the neighborhood they got kicked out the neighborhood i haven't seen hawks in weeks and the last time i saw the hawks were they were it was like a sunday afternoon my whole family was in the yard and they were swooping through the yard and acting very aggressive up on branches it was two of them so i presume mama and papa uh, but there's a few like few young hawks in the neighborhood there's at least at least 3 
like mature ones, maybe, maybe more, but the two of them, like they were in our nest and always kind of in and out, uh, the, uh, the main part of the crew and like having them, having them gone, like, <laughs> it's just whack, you know, mainly cause it could watch them, I could watch them hunt and the owls I don't get to watch hunt. Like it's really cool. They're still doing the yard care, taking good care of everything, get, keeping all the shit up out of the way, but I don't get to see it. And then also, you never know when they're like, so birds will swoop at you. So, and I, I'm out, I'm taking trash out at night. I'm doing like, I'm out in my yard at night sometimes. Same time the owls are. So I'm like, my, what's one of my biggest things? One of the motherfuckers comes at me and either grabs me, like talons me up because those motherfuckers are sharp. Ain't no joke. Or just kind of just swoops at my head because the hawks would do that in the daytime. Uh, they never swooped down. I, you know, I, they definitely swooped at me at least twice, like swooped at me. And then a few times, just some other instances where we were just occupying the same, the same little amount of space, but yeah, no more Hawks, man. So it's going to be wild watching these owls, these baby owls grow, I guess. I don't know. Whenever they hatch, I got a drone. Well, here, sorry, I know the owls took over. We went up there. I got a, my boy's a drone pilot. Shout out, uh, random vet. Shout out, my boy Brian Carpentier. But he brought his drone camera over here and buzzed up there. And yeah, I saw a mama owl with two or three eggs up there. Couldn't get the best angle, but yeah, three, two or three big ass owls' eggs and a big ass motherfucking mama owl. Uh, they took over the tree. So it's gonna be cool watching their life cycle. Um, it's real savage how they took out my hawks but now i guess i'm an owl family and perhaps with owls comes wisdom i don't know but on that i am gonna get up out of here i just wanted to check in hope everybody's doing well uh but yeah everybody be cool check on a vet and hug your loved ones Cheer. good to be king When I your subjects are broken little things Feels good to be kind When it's the only thing that keeps you alive And I'm alone most of the time now Now I'm the only one worth hanging around And I can really put my roots down now I'm the only one in town Feels good to be home I can really get this pain off my chest No one knows the trouble I've seen And what that trouble gets Heavy weight on my mind From all the stuff that I saw Warm bodies and fresh meat It's all the same to the law And I'm alone most of the time now I'm the only one worth hanging about and My mom says I watch too much TV And sit too long on the couch Feels good to be cold 
I don't worry about girls and stuff Feels like I'm the new president, but I ain't seen one this tough